What is up, everybody, and welcome back to a daily dose of reality in gaming. I'm Tyler, uh, not joined by anyone today. Unfortunately, Hunter is gone on a vacation, so it's just me today. Uh, so today we're going to jump into this with the best Easter eggs found in games. Uh, these are a lot of really cool gaming jokes, secret rooms, hidden codes, messages, stuff like that. Uh, these are some of the favorite Easter eggs in games. So finding video game Easter eggs does take a lot of work. A uh, lot of people go even into the level of reading the game's files and code to try to find stuff. Uh, big thing about Easter egg hunting, though, also has to do with blind luck. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and just tell you some of these, so we're not going to make you go and find them yourself. So we've mixed in, there's some classic Easter eggs here. Uh, there's some new ones, uh, some sightings, stuff like that. So some people will know what these are. So we are going to go ahead and start with Half-Life and the Gaben Room. So Gabe Newell, uh, nicknamed Gaben, is an American businessman uh, and the president of the video game company Valve. So Valve makes Half-Life, if I remember correctly, I believe. It's been a while since I've played it. Yes, so Valve makes Half-Life, Valve makes Half-Life 2. So in the Half-Life game, there's a Gaben Room. So it basically is an entire room where floor to ceiling is entirely Gabe Newell's face. Just multiple little pictures of his face. Uh, the room is... I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. So when you first enter the room, it's completely dark. You have to switch on your suit's flashlight. And that reveals everything. Hundreds of Gabes staring at you. So if you want to see this room, I'm going to go ahead and give you how to get to it. So first, you have to open up the dev console in the game uh, and type in a certain key phrase. Uh, when the console pops up, you type this in after the map loads. You have to enable cheats, enable... I'm not going to read out the whole thing. Sorry, guys. Enable it into the console. After that, type in give item suit to get the HEV suit. When you warp to a map via dev console, you will not spawn with the suit or any weapons, and you'll need the suit's flashlight to see in the Gabe room since it is completely dark. So then you fly to the bottom of the large diagonal elevator, turn left, and fly through the wall. You should see a black cube in the empty space. Fly into it, turn on your flashlight, and there you are. You're in the Gabe room. So the next one we have is Wolfenstein New Order and the fact that you can play the Wolfenstein 3D level in it. So... When you find yourself at a safe house in the world of Wolfenstein New Order, uh, normally you can look around and there's like a mattress on the floor that you're supposed to be able to sleep on. Uh, in fact, that's your ticket to play the level of Wolfenstein 3D. So you will retain your modern player model of Blaskovitz, along with some pickups, but everything else looks like a hyper-focused version of the original Wolfenstein. So it's like the old style animation, but with new Wolfenstein, new guns in your hands. It's a neat little nod to the original Wolfenstein games that were played on the older consoles. Then we have Overwatch. Now, I did not know there were Easter eggs in Overwatch. I always considered Overwatch just a multiplayer game. So if you head inside the Hanamura Arcade, you'll find that it's full of shiny game machines, sporting names that sound somewhat familiar. 
Fighters of the Storm is a mashup of Blizzard's MOBA and arcade classic Street Fighter. Uh, on the cabinet screen, you can see Tychus facing off with Tyrell. Oh, or head over to look at the sequel for a showdown between Garrigan and Garrosh. So elsewhere in the arcade, you'll find Soulstone that features Diablo characters. Uh, Super Siege Mode 3, where you can see the StarCraft Siege tank. Uh, looks quite a lot like a Metal Slug boss encounter, in fact. Uh, as a nod to those now misremembered pre-Warcraft days, you can also find machines playing The Lost Vikings, which is a swish-looking reboot of a game Blizzard made back when they were known as Silicone and Synapse. And the picture here is actually kind of cool, because I like how the game Lost Vikings is a space game in this game. Alright, so, after that, we have Borderlands 2. Anyone who's played Borderlands 2 know what this one is. This is the Minecraft cave. So when you're going through the network of tunnels that make up caustic caverns in Borderlands 2, you might happen upon a secret cave harboring an explosive Minecraft Easter egg. So look for a blockade built from what should be a familiar-looking cubes. Uh, basically, it's the Minecraft blocks. You can break through this, and you'll find your way into a cavern filled with creepers. And these creepers even have health bars. If you murder the family of hitherto harmless creepers, who were just trying to live out their lives in that cave, you'll get some cool Minecraft-themed loot for your Borderlands character to wear. The senseless killing is worth it, after all, and in talking of senseless killing, there's another smaller Borderlands Easter egg for Game of Thrones fans in the character of Prince Jeffrey, a reference to the marauding charm plug King Joffrey. Uh, you even get to set your inner Sansa Stark loose and slap him senseless in the game, which is a cool little nod to the fact everyone who watched Game of Thrones wanted to kill Joffrey. Then we have the Stanley Parable. So Stanley Parable is a often slept on game that not a lot of people know about. Uh, the game revolves around you playing as an office worker who wakes up to realize all of his co-workers are gone. Uh, then you have to find your way through the world while a narrator is narrating everything you do and trying to tell you which way to go. There are multiple endings to this game. It's a really cool and fun thing to play. It never truly ends. Now, for the Easter egg in it, known as Secret Disco. So when you're seeking out all the different endings and hidden achievements in the Stanley Parable, uh, it's a very big task. Uh, when you think you've absolutely beat it, there's still one secret you may have missed. So after activating the elevator button in the monitor room, hang back and wait around for a minute. After a short time, the button is going to light up again. You press it and the monitors will start flashing. The catwalk will light up and Who Likes to Party by Kevin McLeod, the man who understands music but not basic grammar, uh, will start playing. Whatever else you think of them, the suits who worked for Stanley's company certainly knew how to let off steam. It basically turns it into a disco room. And it's a neat little thing. If you've ever played the game, you know which room I'm talking about with the monitor room. It's a massive room full of monitors all over the walls. So imagine that flashing as a disco while disco music's playing. Now, the next one. We have Doom. And I'm talking about the more modern Doom, not the older Doom. So... Doom decided to reference a game from 2011, roughly, with Skyrim. Uh, so the in, anyone who knows Skyrim knows about the arrow to the knee meme in Skyrim. You know, I died from an arrow to knee, arrow to the knee. So in the game Doom, you can actually find a skeleton wearing the helmet from Skyrim, you know, with the horns, 
and he has an arrow in his knee. So it's one of the most famous lines of stock dialogue in Skyrim. And to see it still being portrayed in a game, you know, almost 10 years later is really cool. Uh, most people won't know what this meme is, but for those who played Skyrim back then, it's a neat nod to see it. Uh, some people even take it as referencing as the meme is dead by the fact that it's a skeleton now and not a regular person. But that could just be people reading too much into it. Next up, we have Witcher 2. So we're going to go off on a tangent here. Everyone knows Assassin's Creed. Everyone knows the Assassin's Creed series. Everyone knows that one of the main things in the Assassin's Creed series is that you can jump from incredible heights into the unrealistic safety of a hay bale. This is not possible. Please do not try this at home. But, as they put here, if you insist on repeatedly risking your life, it's bound to catch up with you eventually. So the Easter egg in Witcher 2 technically could serve as a warning to this. So in the ballista section of the prologue, if you take a quick break from the action and go look through the hay, you're not going to find a needle or any kind of loot, but instead you find a dead body wearing a white smock. The corpse is a reference to the protagonist Altair from the first Assassin's Creed game, who has jumped his last. You can literally find Altair's body in a hay bale, which is a cool reference to the fact that there's no reason that this dude should survive those jumps, but he does, so it's a neat little nod to it. Uh, when you do find him, you do receive a bonus for your assassination tribute, which grants you a buff when attacking an enemy from behind, so at least something good came from his death. And then, guys, we have Just Cause 4 and the cow gun. So everyone knows Just Cause. Everyone knows how ridiculous Just Cause is in its own way. But it's got its own special approach to weaponry. Uh, it's disquietingly unsurprising to discover that the game features a gun which lets you turn NPCs into cows. So once bovined, they continue their business. You don't. It's not killing them. So if you shoot them with this gun, they're going to turn into a cow. And then they'll continue what they were doing. They'll ride bikes, drive tanks, shoot you. Uh, but they look like a cow doing it. And if you look up a photo of bovine or cow gun, Just Cause 4, it's literally a picture of a cow standing on two legs holding a machine gun with a cow print on it. So Just Cause has other Easter eggs, including turning the game into a parody of AHA's Take On Me music video. Don't watch it. Trust me, not worth it. And a hidden secret will will let you play a version of Bennett Foddy's Get Over it, Getting Over It while playing the game. But for me, I would say my favorite Easter egg would have to be the cow gun and the fact that I can just shoot NPCs and turn them into walking cows. Next, we have Saints Row 2 and Cabot. Anyone who plays the Saints Row games know that they are insanely bizarre and insanely ridiculous. But they are a lot of fun to play if you can get past the amounts of language and violence that some people are uncomfortable with so to find this particular saints row 2 easter egg you have to venture out to a hidden island by a boat after you wander around near the coast for a bit a giant purple cartoon rabbit will slowly rise up from the ocean like a monster from the deep you can drive up to the colossal beast in your boat and it just sits there uh the cabot easter egg also makes an appearance in saints row the third and again in saints row four if you fancy doing it once more so you don't actually just have to play Saints Row 2 to get this Easter egg. You have access to it in multiple games. Now we have one of the can-you-find-them Easter eggs with Grand Theft Auto V. 
Grand Theft Auto V has many Easter eggs. Uh, all the way up from a ghost on a mountain, all the way down to serial killers, uh, many different references to video games, uh, many different little hidden nods and you know signs and references and people talking. Uh, but this Easter egg will let you play as Bigfoot. You heard me. You can play as Bigfoot. So this started as a peyote mystery that made fans delve into the game files. Uh, they discovered that when you complete a set of tasks, you could transform your character into a Sasquatch. So the Bigfoot Easter egg is special in that it captures the mythos and detective work that can go into hunting for digital Easter eggs, which most people don't really do anymore. They just look it up online, hence the podcast episode we are doing now. So the fact that these guys actually delved into game files to figure out that, hey, there's a chance to be a, play as Bigfoot, this is what you do, and then actually proceeded to do it, is a neat little nod. Next, we have a game that I've actually never played before called Gone Home. I've never even heard of it. So when you explore the house and Gone Home, you're guided through the story via journal entries, letters, and documents about the somewhat dysfunctional Greenbrier family and their messy lives. Uh, there's one family member's input that you might have overlooked. So if you want to fill in this gap in your knowledge, you need to dunk the purple basketball from the garage raptors into the basketball hoop in Sam's room. This activates a journal entry that you hence had not found, written and spoken by Mitten, the family cat, and a cute kitten-filled slideshow will play on Sam's TV. The entire journal entry is just repeatedly the cat going meow, 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 meow. It's a little bit weird, but a neat nod. After this, we have Portal and the Ratman's Lair. So the Aperture Science Labs always look clean and clinical when you play Portal. Uh, behind the walls are abandoned rooms, dirty hallways, and many Easter eggs. Uh, hidden away from the laboratories are a multitude of secret dens, walls covered in scribbled writings and cryptic diagrams. The person behind these rooms is a scientist called Doug Ratman, who, after being trapped in the Science Center, went mad and started painting murals, diagrams, and phrases like the cake is a lie to warn Shell about the true nature of the facility. Ratman has become a legend within the Portal series, getting his own spinoff comic and a much larger part in Portal 2. So it's a neat little thing that someone just hid these in Portal 1. People found them, and because of that, it became a massive, massive sensation, and the character is a big deal online now, and in the second game. This one is kind of a nod to Hunter, even though he's not here. This is our last one. Uh, I know he would enjoy this one. This is Hitman 2. So in the Sapienza level of Hitman 2, and I kind of wish we'd known about this and looked for it when we played the game, there's a striking painting hanging on the wall of the church. Many did not notice it. It remained unnoticed for a long time. On closer inspection, the painting is a nod to the disastrous Spanish restoration of a painting of Jesus in 2012. It's the one that became a meme. It's difficult to see in the game because it's in the shadows, but you can see it if you look closely. Uh, it confirmed the Easter egg in a tweet and highlighted that the painting went unnoticed by fans for two years until one of them decided to take a closer look. The painting is known as Potato Jesus Painting. And when you look at it closely, the it mocks the fact that someone tried to restore a painting of Jesus in 2012, and his face is the shape, shade, and texture of a potato. I'm not kidding. Google it and look it up. Uh, it's a cool thing that they hid this Easter egg in Hitman 2. Uh, you would not expect it in Hitman 2, which is a neat little nod. Uh, 
Uh, the user interface designer actually confirmed it and explained that you have to take a close look to see it because if you're just glancing, you're not going to catch it. So, guys, this is kind of a short one today. That's the last Easter egg I have for you today. Uh, it's been weird doing the podcast without Hunter here, but it's been fun. Uh, hopefully next week we should have a regular podcast that's going to also include Hunter. We should both be here then. I uh, don't know what the topic will be, but we hope you stay tuned for that as well. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at Don't Blame Us Gaming, where we stream multiple times throughout the week as well as upload videos to YouTube. Uh, without anything else, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. This has been your daily dose of reality. God bless you and have a good one.